All right. Um, I think we are about ready. Um, welcome back, everybody. We are the Jocks of All Trades podcast. This is Armchair GM's our fantasy football show. It's been a wild fantasy season so far, but we are going to guide you as best as we can to get you to a championship game and hopefully walk away with a championship. Um, that being said, Kyle, let us start with our grades for the week. Would you like to go through A? Yes, sir. A is Josh Allen. He had 45.22 points this week against the uh, vaunted Redskins. The Washington football defense. I'll never get that right. The Washington football defense, who everyone said, oh, this is one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best fantasy defenses in the league, and he just uh-huh. tore him up. Uh, 45 points, like I said, on the year, Josh Allen um, has seven tutties, one pick against the Washington football team. Uh, he had 350 yards passing, four touchdowns, 129.8 rating. Uh, he was on fire, spreading it to Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox. If you're looking at fantasy, I mean, I've seen pickups this week, mostly Bills players, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, and Dawson Knox, like people are picking them up. So because Josh Allen's spreading it to everybody, um, unfortunately, if you have Stephon Diggs, he's not really performing as well as you would have liked him to. But uh, Josh Allen is our A for this week. This week. Mm-hmm. Um. How about B, Kyle? Uh, Justin Jefferson is our B, 26.8 points in a PPR league. I believe he is number nine in fantasy receivers. Uh, if you were lucky enough to get him late last year, like I did in my one league, but then I traded him away early on, which was stupid, but I did get him back. Uh, he just he catches everything, and he gets open. It's crazy, Brad. Like When he was drafted, they said, oh, he's purely – just a slot receiver. That's all he is. Is he that now? No. No. No, no. He can get open, and he gets open at will, and he's very good uh, yards after catch. And then with the Vikings, they do have um, Adam Phelan and K.J. Osborne. Uh, and last week we talked about, is K.J. Osborne a boom or a bust? Um, Justin Jefferson will get a bunch of targets every week. Like, it's just inevitable. So, uh, yeah. He is our B for this week. Who's our C, Brad? Um, our C, I will tell you in a second. My phone locked. Uh, our C is Jamal Williams, who has 14.70 points in PPR this past week. Um, surprisingly enough, Jamal Williams has been one of the most consistent running backs. And um, a lot of people had said that last year, that he still had a healthy amount of game with uh, the Packers. It's kind of shocking to see that even more so with the Lions when you have DeAndre Swift, who was just a touch machine last year in fantasy. Granted, he didn't put up the best points ever for a running back, but you could guarantee that he was going to touch the ball a healthy amount of times. Um, I like Jamal Williams. I would almost tempt people to go in on like a trade if you can. Um, Don't give up the whole world for him. But he's still decent enough that I would give away like the Allen Robinsons of the world uh, or, or some like receiver that has high upside but just isn't performing right where they need to be. Some people will do that trade. It just depends. Uh, maybe ooh, maybe Christian Kirk. I don't know about that because the Cardinals are kind of blowing up. Maybe that's a little too high. Um, but 
you know what I'm saying. Like, go out, get him. Uh, I think he's a, a healthy flex. Would you agree with that, Kyle? A healthy flex play? Uh, right now, he's getting a lot of targets. Um, DeAndre Swift, he has 19 catches on the year. However, Jamal Williams has a better yard per carry, uh, yard per carry average. So, like, that's that bodes well for him if he's touching the rock uh, – the same amount as DeAndre Swift, but he's getting better production out of the carries and catches that he gets. Um, it's just, it's the Lions, man. Like, they're not going to throw downfield a lot. They can't. Jared Goff, first of all, just doesn't have the, the greatest ability. And their best receiver is TJ Hawkinson. You know what I mean? Like, Hawkinson's good, but if he's your best threat, downfield at least for a tight end, that doesn't bode well. So the running backs are going to be an integral part of this offense, no doubt. So yeah. as a flex, if he can get you 15 a game um, yeah, as a flex in a PPR league, like, yeah, you want better, but that's not bad. I mean, yeah. uh, he's definitely worth picking up if he is in free agency, uh, especially because, like, you don't know if he's running backs, man. They, they get hurt, boom, the next one up, he could be a legit fantasy stud. So um, and you don't know. And that's why I kind of push trading for him because all it takes is one swift injury and maybe that 15, 14 points per game turns into 28, 29. Like if they're going to run the ball like that, Jamal Williams looks like a healthy – like you, you don't always want to take the handcuff to somebody else, but I feel like Jamal Williams is a safe handcuff to take. I, I would put yeah. him in the same category as uh, Tony Pollard, honestly. Um, yeah. So um, – uh, letter D, uh, I did want to talk about this. Um, those of you that follow me on Twitter know that I'm very public about my um, love for LaVisca Chenault. Um, I, I'm starting to lose the Chenault hype train here. Um, I, I thought with a more accurate quarterback, better armed quarterback than Minshew, I thought maybe this is his year. He'll be the primary target. That's not the case. It's Marvin Jones, which I – kind of split my decision between two leagues by taking Chenault in one and Marvin in the other one, just to see how it would shake up. Um, and right now, Marvin Jones is that guy for Trevor Lawrence. And unfortunately, Chenault had 8.80 points in a PPR. Listen, if you're starting Chenault, that's not what you're looking for, especially if that's one of your starting receivers. Like that's really, really bad. Um, I'm not going to say drop him yet, though, because he's had a healthy target share. He's just not producing the way you want him to produce. So I'm going to put him on warning level of maybe this is somebody to bench consistently or let go. But hang on to him. Put him on your bench. Hang on to him for one or two more weeks. Maybe there's a favorable matchup that the Jaguars have coming up where Chenault will go off. But as of right now, I don't trust – I don't trust – it's not that I don't trust him. I don't trust Lawrence to get him the ball. So. Well, I don't trust the coordinator slash Urban Meyer. Uh, Carlos oh, yeah. Hyde has has 21 touches on the year. To La Vizca Chenault's uh, 15. That, that, yeah. should, that shouldn't be how it is. Chenault could easily be a decent running back, too, in any team. Honestly, the way mm -hmm. they use him, like how the Falcons are using Cordero Patterson, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Like, it's very similar. Chanel um, is very good after the catch. Uh, you get him in, in space. You get him downfield. They're just not using him in the right way. He only has 7.3 yards per catch. That's really bad. That's really bad. Uh, their tight ends have more 
yards per catch. The running backs, that's really bad. So they're not getting the ball in the right way. Um, but like you said, Marvin Jones is doing, doing very well, and the Jaguars will not shy away from passing the ball, no. um, even though they probably should run the ball a little yeah. bit more. Because they're when running the ball, I think it's – Robinsons, yeah. He's averaging five yards a carry, and he only has ten rushes per game. That's not good. Um, now you are playing from behind a lot, so that's kind of couples in with that. But still, um, you need to run the ball more, and you need to get the ball to Chanel in space more. But this isn't really a, a bash Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, but it really should be because they're so bad. Yeah. So, so. Uh, and and here's the sad thing: I, I did take a share of Robinson because I thought, oh well, with Etienne having that injury, Robinson should see a healthy share of touches, and we're not seeing that. So it makes me really nervous that Urban's plan was to never run, basically just pass as much as possible with Trevor Lawrence, which is bad. You don't want to put a rookie quarterback in that situation. I don't care how good he was before this. You do not put a rookie quarterback in that situation. So, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about F or do you want me to talk about F? Because F is making me mad, but you can. <laughs> yeah, TJ Hawkinson is our F. Uh, eight points isn't the greatest, especially for what he's been putting up recently. And again, he is the number one option on that offense. So um, I, I think this might how, how it might be for him, though. Uh, he only had eight points, but people are going to focus in on him on that Lions offense because, again, he's literally like the only yeah, guy they mate, have. Yeah. So some weeks they're going to get the ball to him a lot and he's going to produce. I think some weeks like everybody's going to be in on him that he's getting, he gets nothing. So he's definitely worth still starting and still playing because he's the number one option, but don't be surprised if he has some more moments like this because everybody's going to key on him. So, yeah. Which is super painful. If you thought Hawkinson was a steal late, which he is, but you want some consistency like that just hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyhow, um, Kyle, let's move on to sleeper seekers. Um, these were really your guys last week, so I didn't know if you kind of want to touch on how they did, how they look, etc. Yeah, JD McKissick, we said that from last week. He only had 5.8 points in a PPR league. Uh, he got the ball a ton last week. This week, he did not. Uh, the Bills kind of shut them shut them down completely. Uh, you wonder if Ryan Fitzpatrick was still there. Maybe maybe McKissick's value would go up a little bit. But, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think I ever said he's worth starting. He's worth on your team. And, and in a pinch, yeah, put him at the flex. But um, it's, it's too up and down. It, it's got to be week to week, matchup by matchup, where you put him in. Um, but – no, he'll have nowhere near the consistent numbers that you want him to. Um, he might just be a flash in a pan, honestly, from last week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very sad. inconsistent from him. Yeah. yeah, very inconsistent for him. Uh, I did say to pick up Cordero Patterson, and this week he had 16.2 points, seven rushes, uh, seven cat, sorry, seven targets, six catches. So uh, he is for sure the Falcons' best offensive player, which is kind of sad. Because <laughs> it's very bad and sad and everything. Because Kyle Pitts is probably going to be an elite talent, but they can't get the ball to him. Um, Calvin Ridley is a really great receiver, but they can't get the ball to him. So the easiest way is to just get it to Cordero Patterson and jet sweeps and screens out of the backfield and 
in a variety of ways. And I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Um, he's going to get a lot of touches. So I think he, he could be worth starting. I think if he's yeah. going to average around 15 touches a game, that's a really good number. I agree. Um, um, so let me that. let me ask you a quick question here uh, for anyone that's listening that may be saying, what about Mike Davis? What is your take on Patterson versus Mike Davis at this point? Well, Mike Davis is their number one running back, and that's always a good thing. And he doesn't really have anyone um, behind him at the running back position besides Corderell Patterson. Um, I don't think the Falcons are going to be able to run the ball that well. He only has 130 yards on the season right now, averaging about uh, 3.8 yards per carry, which is which isn't great at all. Um, and Corderell's gotten the ball 20 times on the ground and 13 times in the air, which yeah. is more than Kyle Pitts, which is, again, bad. Um, he hasn't gotten any touchdowns this year, which has kind of you know deflated his, his fantasy stats. But the Falcons are not very convincing on uh, – running the ball i i don't think um they have 119 pass attempts versus 66 rushes and they're going to be playing from behind a lot so mike davis mm, i don't think so you're not gonna get the ball enough for me to uh to label you uh you know a good start so Okay. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I wouldn't really start Mike Davis at this point, unless I was desperate. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, carry on. Yeah. And then we had Michael Carter from last week. Um, we thought maybe again, this is a sleeper seeker. So someone that maybe come on later in the year and he very well could, but very similar to the Falcons. Uh, they're trailing a lot in games. He's not going to get the ball a lot. It kind of sucks for these young running backs who are on bad teams because they won't get the ball because their teams are always behind. Um, I think he is still a, a viable target out of the backfield. Unfortunately, his one catch went for negative five yards. That doesn't help anything. Um, the Jets are in shambles a little bit. I think he is – you would agree that he's probably the most talented running back on that roster, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand I mean, the running back by committee there at all. Yeah, I mean, they have Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman doesn't look like he, you know, how he used to. Ty Johnson's always been kind of average to me. Now, Michael Carter is leading the team in rushing, but he only has 89 yards. Um, so, again, they have 105 passing attempts versus 61 rushing attempts. Again, it's very, very, very bad for these teams. It's not, not the 60-40 or 50-50 you want to see from a young quarterback. So – uh, it doesn't bode well for them because they're going to trail a lot. Uh, but like, he should get the ball a bit more. Yeah. Um, so maybe he'll turn it on later in the year if the Jets can start putting together some some good games and not turning the ball over. But right now, it doesn't look like that. So I agree. Um, and lastly, is Max Williams. He only had four point nine points, uh, three targets, three catches for nineteen yards. Um, that was like on a whim and a prayer. Honestly, the, the Cardinals have so many weapons. Um, like we said, um, he's not, he's not going to, he's not worth starting. They just, it's going to be week to week for them. It's going to be Christian Kirk. It's going to be AJ green. It's going to be Deandre Hopkins. And it's going to be James Conner. Then it's going to be Max Williams. They, they have so many guys. So, uh, it's just not worth starting him. I don't think as a backup, maybe, but 
as a starter, I, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Yeah. Um, let's move to this week's sleeper seekers. Um, I kind of wrote this one um, because I am going to take some stupid takes, but I don't feel like it's that stupid, if that makes sense. Like I, I like going for like the small time guys that had like one like really good performance, but you see the target share or something that you're looking for that makes you say, oh, okay, maybe that'll work. Um, one of those things would be um, looking at Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley. Um, for me, I would personally prefer Emmanuel Sanders. He had 26.40 points against the Washington football team defense, which is kind of a big deal. Six targets, five catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Kyle, I kind of had to poke it fun at you earlier in the week, and we were talking about this because I said I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to do a lot more with the Bills than he did with the Saints because Breeze is just not a threat. Breeze couldn't throw more than like 10 yards downfield. I do like Josh Allen. I like his arm. They're a much heavier passing team. So I'm I'm not fully convinced that Emmanuel Sanders is like a start every week kind of player. But if he keeps doing this, it's going to be really hard for me to say mm, he's not worth it. Um, well, please let me look up uh, Cole Beasley because I know a lot of people are picking up Cole Beasley. Um, Cole Beasley had 20.80 points. He had 13 targets, 11 receptions, 98 yards, but no touchdowns, but he had five red zone targets, which is amazing. If you're a fantasy player, you like red zone targets. We like that because that's touchdowns. That is a lot of points. Um, again, I, I just personally don't like Cole Beasley. So that's like part of my bias there, but I, I will agree in fantasy, yeah, he would be a good pickup as well. Honestly, any Bills receiver that's doing anything at this point would be a good pickup. The only two people that I'm still flip-flopping on is Singletary and Moss. Every week I'm like, oh, it's Singletary. Oh, it's Moss. Oh, it's Singletary. Oh, it's Moss. Like, yeah, They haven't no... fixed their running game at all from last year. It's just uh, it's still pretty abysmal. So they're going to pass the ball a lot this year like they did last year. So that bodes well for – Sanders, Beasley, Diggs, and Dawson Knox. Um, but, again, you might see Sanders get 26 points this week, but next week it might be Stephon Diggs that gets 30 and, and Sanders gets, like, you know, seven or eight. So it's just depending on on who gets open and, and who the opposing defenses target that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so my third, because technically that was two, third sleeper seeker, um, Michael Pittman. You know, I have a hard time with that Indianapolis offense about is there anyone that's even fantasy relevant? Um, I was going to say no. I was just going to completely skip it. But the thing that I like to see that we saw with Phillip Rivers is that Michael Pittman was looked at multiple times. He had 12 targets and six catches for 68 yards, which was 13.30 points. Yeah, I know that's not blowing up the, the waiver wire right now. I know that's not blowing up somebody to win a game. But listen, every point matters. And if you're playing the Robert Woods and like some of these other guys that are like barely squeaking out points and you can put in Pittman that's giving you an extra five, six points to win your matchup, that might be worth it. And he did see a healthy target share from kind of a garbage quarterback. Like that's great. That's wonderful. If he's going to touch the ball a lot. So, again, not somebody that I'm sold on. 
Uh, he does play the Dolphins next, which we used to be scared of the Dolphins defense, but this year does not look like the year that the Dolphins are going to be uh, commanding. Um, so I kind of like this matchup. Kyle, would you take this matchup in fantasy? Um, they got some pretty good corners over there with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Um, but Michael Pittman, I don't think he's a big play guy, but like you said, he's a heavy target guy. Um, last week, Wentz really could not get the ball downfield because he has like two sprained angles. So, you know, for the most part, he's, he's going to go short because he can't really step up and throw deep with his bum ankles. Um, I don't think really that'll change that this week. Pittman should get a lot of targets. I think he's probably their best receiver on that roster. I mean, I like Zach Pascal for sure, but Pittman just has more upside, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he should get the ball a lot, but like, will he? I don't know. Their best player, best overall player on the offense is Jonathan Taylor, and he has not yes. been going at all. So it's tough because yeah. their quarterback is in disarray. They can't get the ball to their weapons. And they're 0-3, so they need to figure out something quick. And if that something quick is get the ball more to Michael Pittman, then that yeah, might be it. Yeah, yeah. might be it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of on the abandoned James Taylor train here. Um, who's, who's James Taylor? James Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Good Lord, I'm <laughs> dying. Uh, if you don't know, I have old man brain like uh, many other of our friends, and it is contagious. Uh, yeah, James Taylor. Drop James Taylor. If you don't have James Taylor, you should pick him up this week. Just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> my next one, this is this is my one of my two sus ones, and I, I'm sure you'll disagree with me here, but I was happy to see James Conner actually showing up in this offense. And, you know, if it had been like four or five touches, I would have said, ah, abandon it, don't touch him. But he had 11 – oh, I'm sorry, 11 rushes for 43 yards – and two touchdowns. He also had one target and one catch for 10 yards. So not only is he getting some of those nice inside the like red zone kind of runs, he's also being looked at at least once, which I'm going to say once will always like mean it's going to happen a few times. Uh, oh, hold on. Well, this is a great question. I'm going to stop for this. Should I trade Taylor for Metcalf or more? Oh, um, Metcalf. I would, I would trade for Metcalf. Yeah, I would take yeah. that. Um, if you have that trade, man, take it. Um, man, yeah, that's I'd, that's. I'd, a really I'd run. I'd run with it, honestly. Yeah. Um, if that offers on the table, like Taylor's Ooh. not going to be as bad as he is now, but no, okay, Metcalf is a fantasy stud. I'm um, curious, who are your other running backs? I'm very curious to know what your other running backs are because if you, I mean, if you don't have a stud there, I would be concerned. Yeah to sit on to sit on trading you, you know what i mean like i don't want you to trade your only running back away okay ch- okay chubb and ceh all right those are pretty um, good running backs <laughs> yeah yeah we're going to talk about that in a minute um but okay if those are your running backs absolutely i would i would do the shotgun trade i would take metcalf in a heartbeat man for real um yeah. hope that trade works out for you um but yeah, I, I'm thinking about that right now. Like I would take Metcalf like 50 times over. Oh man, Kyle, if you ever want to trade me Metcalf for Taylor in any league, I would appreciate that very much. Um, I do have Jonathan Taylor in my one league, so. But I don't I'm have Metcalf. So. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, let me see. Uh, uh, who was I talking about? James Conner. 
So James Conner had 18.30 points, 11 rushes, 43 yards, two touchdowns, one target. So my poll point being, yes, they are very stuffed in that whole offense, and there's a whole lot going on. Um, but I, I have to say the fact that he can carve out a role and beside uh, Chase Edmonds, which Chase Edmonds hasn't really done a whole lot. So I'm starting to like shift towards James Conner, who I thought was going to be the RB1 when he came into Arizona in the first place. So let's sit on that one. I thought you might think that was kind of sussy, but you haven't made any faces that make me go, oh, he didn't like that. So No, I think he's worth playing. Um, but again, they're a very pass-heavy offense. He's not getting the ball a lot, but he's making a lot with the limited touches that he has. So um, he's their best overall running back. Like Chase Edmonds kind of like a – one trick pony, I think. Um, oh, absolutely. James Conner, James Conner can do a lot for you. So, um, I think he is probably on most teams right now. You know, like I don't think he's sitting out there on on the waiver wire, but I think he's um, definitely worth playing against the right matchup. Um, so, if you get a team like maybe the Rams, who don't allow a lot in the air, which the Cardinals and the Rams play in the same division. Um, then yeah, maybe, maybe it's worth taking James Conner because they're going to want to ground and pound a little bit more. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one is Tyler Conklin. If you don't know who that is, that is the tight end for the Vikings. Uh, listen, he had 20 points. He had eight targets and seven receptions um, and had a touchdown. And they play Cleveland next. Like, maybe this isn't somebody that you start every week, but this upcoming week might actually be decent. Like, yeah, I'm scared of Cleveland's D-line and kind of their secondary, but their linebackers are meh, and that's primarily where the tight end is going to play. So I feel good about this. Listen, if you're a tight end that's going to play for a quarterback that typically goes for Thielen, who has 39% target share in the red zone, and Justin Jefferson, who is just an absorption, he's just a sponge. He's just a sponge for the ball. That's all he is. If you can carve out a way to get seven receptions out of that, that actually feels really fantasy relevant for me. So I would go with Tyler Conklin. Ooh, we got another question, Kyle. Uh, who should I start this week? Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. They all like seem like they might score similar points. Um, that is a good question. Um, I, I know Lamar Jackson is questionable right now. I think he'll yeah. be fine. But he's questionable against a very good Denver defense um, who's, like, I think probably the best against opposing quarterbacks right now. So that's tough. Uh, but you know he's going to get his rushing yards. Like, I don't think it matters. I don't really think it matters what team he plays because he just finds ways to run the ball um, and get you points. Derek Carr against the Chargers. Oof. Um, Dak Prescott didn't perform very well against the Chargers. And Dak Prescott in that Cowboys offense is insane from um, a, a receiving standpoint. So if Dak couldn't do anything, I don't know if Derek can. They're a little bit different offenses, but um, yeah. Kirk I, I, Kirk, I would say, is the dark horse out of the three of them. Kirk mm -hmm. either comes out and balls out or he sits there and he just has a okay game. Um I don't know. Like I, I'm making fun of the secondary for the Browns, but I also don't trust Kirk Cousins. So for me, it would either be Lamar or Derek Carr. And listen, man, I'm a Ravens fan, so you probably don't want to hear me, but I'm going to say Lamar Jackson out of the three of them. 
because I would Kyle's too. right, he'll run. So, and he's getting are, some weapons back, maybe right. And yeah, yeah. the Broncos haven't. We talked about this. Broncos haven't played anybody good. Anybody. Nope. So they haven't faced Lamar Jackson yet. So it's gonna be a little bit of a different story. I, I would definitely still start Lamar until he proves that he can't put up good numbers every week, which I'm pretty sure. Um, pretty sure he has. Yeah, he's put up twenty points and thirty six and twenty two. Like, that's, that's good. Pretty good. Um, so, yeah. but uh, good luck with your matchup this week. Uh, he has one other comment for us. All my QBs are playing good defense, and I don't want to drop any of them. They all have been balling out. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, one of my favorite things to do when I have an excess of quarterbacks, which um, I usually don't, um, but when I do have it, um, play play the trade game. Find one of them that you're really not sold on. For me, your two best quarterbacks on your roster right now are Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr. Um, I, I, it's nothing against Kirk Cousins, but truly the two of them have a better upside than Kirk Cousins does. Kirk Cousins has to overperform for me to say he's going to be on that level as the other two. So maybe look at a quarterback needy team. I know Herbert is questionable. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is questionable. I think Mayfield was questionable. There's a couple of people that are questionable. Maybe uh, hit the trade market, tell your league, hey, Kirk is up on the trade block. See what offers you get maybe. You don't have to take him, but just see if there's anything that makes you go, oh, yeah, I'll trade that, especially if you can get a receiver or a running back. Um, You already know what that does for you in fantasy. Uh, So – um yeah i would i would absolutely look for something for kirk um i honestly go lamar then kirk lamar kirk cousins and then Derek carr for this week um well well i don't think like kirk cousins is the greatest quarterback in the world fantasy wise he's doing pretty well so far this year um and like we talked about he he has a lot of weapons Um, yeah but for the year would you take cousins or carr oh think i would take kirk cousins wow disregard lamar jackson lamar jackson over everybody but i don't know kirk cousins performs pretty well in fantasy um he throws a lot of interceptions but he also throws a lot of a lot of touchdowns he's been pretty consistent in terms of touchdowns per year it's it's over 30 i think which is which is good so i don't know yeah i think he's a little more consistent than we think yeah you could take either one just Throw it out in the league. See if you get any decent trades. If you do, I mean, at least sit on it. Think about it. But don't don't touch Lamar. Do not touch Lamar. If you trade Lamar, I'm going to cry for you. And then we'll have like a mini funeral. And I'll post like a live video of the mini funeral of uh, Cody traded Lamar Jackson. And we'll cry for you. Um, so, <laughs> so just don't do it. Uh, with that being said, um, Kyle, I do have two more sleeper seekers. Um, actually you wrote the next one. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Chuba Hubbard. Um, McCaffrey just got hurt for a little bit. So their backup is Chuba Hubbard. Uh, last week he had 10.9 points on a limited roll, 11 rushes for 52 yards, three catches. Um, he's going to see the ball a lot. Uh, he's not a guy. He's not a one trick pony. He's very good out of the backfield as well. Um, he's going to be the number one option and the Panthers. I don't think. They're smart so far this year in terms of uh, pass versus uh, run ratio. They're not going to make Sam Darnold throw it 50 times a game because we kind of saw that with Adam Gase and he saw ghosts and he kind of panicked and he sucked. <laughs> so 
they're going to run the ball, I think, um, and make that a priority. So Chippa Hubbard is someone I'd definitely pick up. And uh, against Dallas, I don't think they have the best rushing defense. The the Eagles uh, the other day didn't rush the ball at all, and they're stupid because they only rushed the ball two times. So don't be the Eagles, and you might have some, some success on the ground against Dallas. So That was, um, that was painful yeah. to see. Very, yeah. very painful, yeah. Um. My last one. Here is my second sussy sleeper. Um, Rashad Bateman is actually at practice this week. Um, and you know what really gets me about that? I just want to make sure. Uh, yeah, he's returning from injured reserve Wednesday. He's just practicing for now. There's no guarantee that he's going to play this week. But Lamar has actually passed more this year. Lamar has been more successful. Hollywood has kind of come out of his shell and turned into that wide receiver one we all wanted him to be. That being said, I don't trust Sammy Watkins. So that opens up a role for Rashad Bateman to be a wide receiver too. So yes, the Ravens run like crazy. That is not a question. We know that the Ravens will run every time. Not a question. But when you have a Rashad Bateman who did really well in the Big Ten, very like very very well, um, I think he could have a little bit of like maybe a uh, a slot role with the Ravens or that kind of wide receiver two on the outside. If he's got that breakaway speed, that may turn into six. That may turn into a downfield catch, which will be a lot of points. Um, it's it's no guarantee, but just watch for him. I picked him up in one league just because I have an IR spot and I'm just going to throw him in the IR spot, see what happens. If he plays great, I'll check him out this week, see how he does. And then maybe just use him later. Um, But I am not, I'm not convinced he's not going to cut out a role for himself for the Ravens. Yeah. Especially considering Marquise Brown, I think dropped two or three touchdowns last week. So if you're gonna if you're gonna keep doing that, they might start going to Rashad Bateman if he's healthy. So mm-hmm. that is all of our sleeper seekers for everyone that is here with us. We are gonna move on to one of my favorite segments for fantasy, which is jock or joke. Um, Kyle, I do have to hit you with the first one. Uh, I don't know if uh, the our, our friend that commented earlier is still listening with us. Um, Nick Chubb, is he a jock or a joke? Uh, he's still a jock and he forever will be. He's one of the best fantasy running backs, just one of the best running backs in the game. Kareem Hunt had a very productive week last week, and I stuffed him on my bench, shouldn't have done that. But um, he had 22 carries, 84 yards. He's gonna he's gonna get the ball a lot. He's their number one option. This is the Browns' identity is to run the ball down your throat, and they're gonna keep doing that. Even with Odell back a little bit healthy, um, Landry's still out. Uh, Chubb's still there. That That is their game plan. So he, he didn't have any points this last week, but he's still a jock in my mind for sure. That makes sense. Kyle, the next one is Deshaun Jackson, your boy from Philly. Um, what do you think, jock or a joke? Um, he's going to see a, a little bit of the same kind of production like Van Jefferson. We talked about Van two weeks ago, that kind of uh, one game he might get you 17 points, 20 points. Next game he might get you two. That's, yeah. that's how it's going to be because it's going to be Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. That That is their offense right now. 
And Van Jefferson and Deshaun are their deep guys, big play threats. Um, sometimes you're probably uh, you're probably going to see them as decoys more often than than actual you know first read plays. Um, yeah. So on a whim, if one of those guys get hurt, then yeah, pick him up, start him. I think he's worth it. But right now, it's going to be boom or bust every week. I think. And he hasn't shown that he can stay healthy at all in his last like four years. So that's going to hurt you too. Uh, so my next one, I feel is going to be like a very similar answer to your last one, Kyle, AJ green, jock or joke. Same, same, same feel as uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Cause again, I just have so many, so many weapons. It's most people, I feel like play in an eight, 10 or 12 team league and Deshaun and AJ green really aren't worth starting. But if you're in a 14 or 16 team league, God forbid you're in a 16 team league. But if you are like, then yeah, I I'd start him because Kyler Murray can literally get it to anyone at any time. And he could put up 16 points um, one week, but it's just, he won't see that consistent usage every week. So it's just not worth it. If you're in like a eight, 10 or 12 team league, unless you're truly desperate. So, yeah. Um, uh, next one, speaking of Philly, uh, Kyle, Zach Ertz, is he a jock or a joke? Uh, he might be a jock, honestly, because yeah. Dallas Goddard hasn't really produced at all fantasy-wise. Um, in terms of the better blocker, Dallas Goddard is the better blocker, and they're going to stick him in online and, and chip the chip the D-end or stay in and block a defensive end or a linebacker. Zuckerts can't really do that. Um, I haven't seen enough from the likes of Jalen Rager or Quez Watkins or even Devonta Smith for that matter. The most consistent guys right now have been their tight ends. So yeah. if he can, he got seven targets last game, um, and he can, he can still get open. Um, he's very good at getting open and, and catching the ball. Okay. So he might be a jock. He, he might be worth starting. Well, and I'll be honest, I kind of thought he was a jock before his performance this last week because uh, one of the reports that came out of training camp from Philly was that on a lot of plays, Hertz was targeting Ertz a lot. So I was kind of shocked that it didn't happen early. I know that he was kind of out and not really there the whole time, but maybe he is somebody to pick up as like a tight end too. Like I wouldn't start him, but on the bench, yeah. And if something happens to your tight end, at least you have somebody that could put up consistent points. But I don't think he's going to be anywhere in the league of like Kelsey or Waller or you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I would agree. Definitely a jock. Um, Last one, Kyle. And I have to ask you because I know you don't like him. Uh, Daniel Jones. Is he a jock or a joke? Is for sure a joke, as is everybody on that. New York Giants football team, including the head coach, including the offensive coordinator. I I would not touch Daniel Jones. I wouldn't touch Saquon Barkley. The only person that I would the only person that I would play is Shepard. Um, and even then I'm not too confident. Like Kenny Galladay isn't doing anything. No. Kadarius Tony hasn't seen the ball at all. Evan um, Ingram hasn't shown up all season. No. So yeah, the only person I'd touch on that offense is Shepard. After that I'm hands off. I, I wouldn't trust any of them. Yeah. 
I'm with you on that. So that will conclude jock or joke. Let's go to rapid fire, Kyle. Um, will Kyler return to fantasy dominance? Uh, if he's not dominant already, then yeah, he will. Uh, easily, easily one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Um, he doesn't run the ball as well as Lamar Jackson. Oh, this is rapid fire. Maybe I should stop talking. Yes, he will return to fantasy dominance for sure. That's that's okay. That's good. Um, should be should we be worried? Tom Brady was the leading rusher for the Buccaneers. Yes, because Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are booty cheeks. Yeah, agreed. Um, and do the Lions stand a chance of winning with Jared Goff? Nope. Sad, but true. Uh, especially when you have a miracle play that happens and knocks you out. Thank you so much, Justin Tucker. Please watch my podcast. I love you. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, once again, we're going to switch gears and we're going to go to Nightmare on Jock Street. Um, Kyle, dang, I've I've got a few uh, recurring nightmares that will keep coming back to this show. One of them is going to be the Bears' offense. I'm going to roll through these quick. Um, Fields had 3.92 points and got sacked nine freaking times. David Montgomery had 7.50 points, and Allen Robinson had 4.70 so bad for him. Wow, that was disgusting. Not what I expected for Fields' debut. Not what I expected for them to do against the Browns. Um is this real, Kyle? Is this a real nightmare, or are we going to wake up and be happy? No, it's a real nightmare. Uh, Matt Nagy is stupid. Yeah. I don't. I just don't understand. I talked about this a little bit on this last po- last podcast. I just don't understand how it's Justin Fields' first game. I know your offensive line isn't good, but and you know Miles Garrett is like the best defensive end in the game. How do you not do some trickery? How do you not use Justin Fields' legs a little bit more? You're just sticking them back. Back there, back in the pocket, and and killing him like it's just not innovative at all. It's crazy. He came from an Andy Reid tree, and you're not innovative at all. Like, did you learn nothing from him? I don't understand how they're not innovative, and I don't understand how they can't get the ball to legitimately a top ten receiver in this game. Like, Allen Robinson is that good. If he actually had a legit quarterback like Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, he'd be amazing. He'd be, yeah, for sure. He'd be, yeah, he'd be up there with the best of them. But he hasn't, and I feel bad for him. So it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, the other nightmare I have held out for several weeks now to talk about one of our favorite things to beat up on all of our podcasts. Um, this is a whole nightmare, considering we got all of this talk over the off season and preseason and training camps of, ooh, they look good. Oh, they've got a new quarterback. Oh, they've got this rookie receiver that looks like he's going to be the steal of the draft. And I'm going to be honest, Kyle, the entire Jets team is a recurring nightmare. Let me let me break it down. Um, the defense is averaging 3.67 points. And then the offense, Wilson is averaging 9.07 points. Uh, Michael Carter is averaging 6.23 points. Um, Johnson, 3.97 points. Uh, Elijah Moore is 4.87 points, and um, Corey Davis is 12.87 points. Um, 
I we do have one more question before we move on. Uh, Mr. Grapefruit is asking us, do we start Marvin Jones Jr. or Jacoby Myers in standard league? Ooh, um, Kyle, I would say Marvin Jones. Are, are you on the Marvin Jones train with me? I am. Um, like we just talked about with his Gishanol, it's not getting like any targets. And, oof. Yeah, I'd kind of have to see a little bit more what Jacoby Myers is doing. I know that um, the Patriots run the ball quite a bit, so I don't think he's going to be as productive. But, um, yeah, I would I would say for sure start Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're still with us, um, a, a fun little stat here too is that Marvin Jones has had four red zone targets over three games. That is a sexy stat. I would absolutely take Marvin Jones here. Um, Jacoby Myers is, is fine, but I don't think he's going to have that like same upside. So um, you are most welcome, man. Good luck with your matchup. Excited to hear from you next week about how you did. Um, so also, grapefruit is an awful fruit, but I won't. Oh, please. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, so yeah, so the, the entire offense is just garbage. Absolute garbage for the Jets. Um, Kyle, will it get better, or is this another nightmare that we will not wake up from? It's another nightmare. Uh, Corey Davis might not be a nightmare. I think he's a legitimate number two receiver for sure. Um, it's a great drinking game. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it is, man. That's that's perfect. I love that. Oh my um, god! Please, please come back for us next week. I need more comments like this in my videos. Um, <laughs> I forgot where I am. I hope you know where we are. So I do, I do. I, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about grapefruit and how awful it was when I last tasted it. But no, I love grapefruit. I don't understand a love for it. Corey Davis is the only person that is legitimate, not a nightmare. Um, yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson, yikes. I know this isn't our jock talk episode, but I did kind of want to say, like, when Zach Wilson was drafted, I was kind of like, he might be the guy. He just reminds me a little bit too much of a Johnny Manziel. Like, not not in terms of screwing around, but just, like, not really ready to be, like, a legitimate NFL quarterback. So, well, putting that out there. Kyle, what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> BYU and they ran the ball a lot. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the Zach Wilson show. It was the BYU offensive line show, really. So, um, yeah, it's scary for the Jets considering they spent so much capital on these guys. Um, the nightmare is going to continue, though, for sure. I absolutely agree. Um, so our last segment of the day is Wheel of Defense. Sorry, I've been waiting to do this for a whole week. I love Wheel of Defense. Um, Kyle, there's a few, it feels like obvious defenses. Um, would you like to go through them? You are much more of the defensive guru than I am out of the two of us. Um, who should you start this week? Who did they play and why would you start them? Uh, the Titans only got three points against the Colts, but they're against the Jets this week. The Jets are a prime target for throwing interceptions, not moving the ball, getting turnovers. I understand the Titans' defense hasn't been good, but that is a play that you might want to do 
Um, I believe I picked up the Bengals defense because they play the Jaguars this week. Ooh, um, that might that might work out well for me. We'll see. Um, the Bears against Detroit Lions this week. They only had five against Cleveland. Um, I I still wouldn't I wouldn't touch the Bears. I just wouldn't. I, I don't I don't trust it. Um, even though I think Jared Goff kind of stinks, like I still think they'll put up some decent points against the Bears. Yeah. And I don't think they're as dominant as a defense as they were. Uh, some of their top guys have kind of, uh, well, they're older now. They're not as productive. Like Khalil Mack, still a very great player, but he's getting neutralized a lot more now. Um, the Ravens are up against the Denver Broncos. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I know the Ravens can turn the ball over. I know they can get sacks. Um, Denver has not played a defense like the Ravens yet. That could be that could be one to watch out for, and then the well, Saints, and I'm I'm specifically thinking about that secondary because Denver has like no receivers at this point. So they lost they lost KJ, they lost Jerry Judy. Right now it's the Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton show. Uh, Tim Patrick, I think we talked about two weeks ago. Yeah, he had another nice game. So that's someone that if you watched our show a couple weeks ago, he's doing well for you. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough matchup for them for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they only put up three against Detroit, I mean, Denver's offense is a little bit better. So th- I think they'll get more than three against Denver, but it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Um, listen, guys, the Saints defense is legit. Their pass rushers are very, very good. They had 18 points last week. They're against the Giants. What's the weakest part about the Giants? Oh, it's their offensive line. So I think they're going to eat this week. Um, I do suspect at, at least ten to twelve points against the Giants, and that is mm-hmm. a for sure start this week. So, yeah, I completely agree with that one. Um, the Saints have kind of been a shocker for like a defensive team this year, but I'll take it. At least we know it's kind of a clear cut team. Um, but that wraps up armchair GMs for us. Um, thank you for so many great comments on this video. Please come hang out with us. Um, Tuesdays at 4, we are live. Wednesdays at 5, we're live for fantasy. Come ask us questions. I would love everything to stop my show. For sure. Even random questions. Even yeah, anything, anything. Stuff ever. we haven't talked about yet. Anything from your favorite sports team to your least favorite sports team for something that we, maybe we didn't see that we could look up live on the show. Um, yeah, keep asking us questions. And we'll see you next week.